Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. You heard Eamon mention the FRT, facial recognition technology, and it's hoped now that the guards are going to be able to start using it by early next year because the government has approved the publication of basically the outline, the draft for the proposed law that will allow for its introduction. I suppose the big news today that is that has come from this, um, and we've talked about it previously, you know, here on the show, riots and violent disorder will be included now in the list of offences that the technology could be used for. And, and that is that is a little bit of a change. I want you to take a listen, though, to Liam Herrick. He's the Executive Director for the Irish Council for Civil Liberties. And he was here on News Talk earlier. He expressed some of his own concerns, though, when it came to using this kind of technology. We are fortunate that we live in a, you know, a moderate democracy at the moment. And there is respect for basic principles of democracy on the part of, I think, all the parties in the Oireachtas. But of course, we could have a different scenario in the future. And um, Like we have, we have a police service here that, you know, is a democratic police service that generally respects people's rights. But we all know that there will, in any police system, there'll be police and law enforcement agencies that will abuse the law. So we need to have proper safeguards in place. I think this is the start of a good debate, but we'll be campaigning against this legislation, Pat. Yeah, so that's that's Liam Herrick. And, you know, here on Lunchtime Live, um, I would say only maybe two or three weeks ago, there was further discussion and debate around the use of facial, um, facial recognition technology just after the riots in Dublin at the end of November. And we've heard from lots of experts. We've heard from lobby groups and, you know, security commentators various different um, opinion writers on the use of, of FRT. But I actually just want to talk to you today. I want to hear from listeners. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't, not particularly if you're some sort of an, you know, an expert or of a background and how um, facial technology is used. But I just want to talk to the public because I want to get a sense of, are people actually concerned about this? Do people even care? What's your opinion? Give us a shout. 1800 453 106. Andy is on the line in Longford. Andy, are you for or against the use of facial recognition technology? Well, I suppose before I would say whether I'm for or against, I would I would concur with what uh, Liam Herrick has just said there. You know, uh, this needs to be the start of a debate. Um, we shouldn't be rolling out more control systems and facial recognition systems on the back of you know, one event and and be knee-jerked into reactions. That that would be my concern. I heard Helen McEntee, the Justice Minister there, just in the the news, um, during the news at one o'clock, Eamon had a, a short clip of her there and, and, and she said the guards, you know, they won't be able to use it in relation to the Dublin riots three weeks ago. But I suppose going forward, if we had another event, you know, like what happened on November 23rd. But in... Well, we're, we're, yeah, regardless of that, I mean, that, that is the event that's been used to push through uh, more legislation very quickly, knee-jerk reaction, not talking about things, not talking through things, not picking up the consensus view around the country as to what, what exactly this means. The Gardaí already have, you know, enough technology to follow criminal activity, to follow people who are breaking the law, there is no need that every every other person's uh, privacy and going about their daily business should be impinged upon, uh, because the Gardaí already have, you know, enough. I mean, right now you walk into any shop in any town in in any part of the country, 
you walk down any street, the Gardaí can already look at you. So it's like, it's not like there's, there is any, any need. Yes, it's brought in on the back of, you know, we need to catch criminals and we need to make sure that riotous behaviour doesn't happen. But the Gardaí already have enough technology to deal with stuff like that. Okay. Paul, is a, yeah, okay. No, and, and stay with us because I, I, I want to hear, um, I want to hear listeners, you know, views today about this. Paul is on the line as well. Paul, would you agree with Andy? No. I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you, Andrea, and you can check this out. Facial recognition technology is already being used. And I'll tell you the reason why. Three and about two and a half years ago, three years ago, I went to, now first and foremost, I'm retired. I'm not a bit vain whatsoever. So I just want to explain something to you. I have been wearing glasses since I was a year and a half and they are part of me. You still there, Andre? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm listening to you, yeah. So, yeah, they're a part of me. Two and a half years ago, I went up to renew my driving license. And they wanted to take a photograph. And he asked me to remove my glasses. And I said, why? And he said, it's for facial recognition technology. And I said, look, I said, I've got my passport with my glasses, with, with, with the photograph of me wearing glasses. They're not tinted in any way. You can see my eyes. Um, plus the old license. Remember the old paper license, mm-hmm. Andrea? Yeah. I was giving them the, that back. And the photograph that was on that was also me wearing my glasses. And the third document that I had was my PPS card. Also me wearing the glasses. But then when I went to change my PPS card recently, again, I was asked to remove my glasses. And I asked the question, why? And they said for facial recognition technology. So it's already in use, Andrea. It's been used. Mm. Now, I was quite upset because even my kids say to me, I'd jump out of the shower or whatever, and I'd have my glasses off me, and the kids would say, oh, God, quick, put your glasses on. For God's sake, you don't. You look horrible without your glasses. And as I said, um, I, I actually got quite upset. Now, I, I don't know whether, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not a vain person, Andrea. No, no way am I. But the fact that, they, that my glasses are a part of me and have been all my life. But I was told on two occasions, one by the NDLS, and by the uh, Department of Social Protection, when I went to get the, the, the new documentation from both of them, I had to remove my mm-hmm. glasses and I was told it was for facial recognition technology. Now, the one thing, now I wrote to the RSA because nowhere, anywhere in any of their charter did it mention that they were using this technology. It's probably similar to the airport, is it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But you know when you I'm go through is, the... The scanning your yeah, I know in Spain. Yeah. Okay. I know in Spain. I know. I remember coming back from Spain a couple of years ago, and uh, they, 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 they they have a camera, they a mounted camera, and you look into it, and that they were using facial recognition yeah. technology in Spain. But as I said, uh, it's already in use. Okay. It is in but, use. but does it bother you that it is in use? Is is, is that is that your point? You're you're annoyed about it being used. Have I got Paul? You can hear Paul. You're there, yeah. No, has Paul's line draw? Hang, we'll try and get Paul back in a, in a second. Uh, Lara's got in touch. He says, um, "My external Google Nest Cam already identifies anyone who walks past my house that I know. I, I, and if I don't know, it alerts me. If somebody unidentified comes to the property, I have the exact same thing, Lara. In actual fact, it can recognise my neighbour's cat." 
as being an animal that you know is over and back in the in the back garden quite frequently. So it doesn't even need to you know to to um, identify or notify me if it's the neighbour's cat. But if it's a different cat that isn't from the road that happens to be in the back garden, I'll get a notification here in the phone to to tell me there's um there's you know a cat that it doesn't recognise, which is pretty incredible. Another listener says this will be applied to all of us. It's an invasion of our privacy. Uh, all the ones that you know took part in the riot were wearing balaclavas, you know masks over their face to try and avoid it. It's the EU agenda to have facial recognition for all of us. They're using it as an excuse to bring it in along with hate hate speech laws. We already have adequate hate speech laws, says this texter. Uh, 087-1400-106 is the number. I've Seamus Boland on the line. Seamus, you're the, the CEO of Irish Rural Link, but um, you were listening to, to Liam Herrick a little earlier today. Why did you get in touch about facial recognition technology? Yeah, I think the comments made, indeed, that it was very good debate between Pat and, and Liam this morning, uh, and indeed uh, Andy, who called in there as well. Look, my, I, I would say, coming from Irish Link and, and, and that one, the average listener, I suppose, so I hope listeners will ring you as you called out. Let's be clear. I wanted to see in this debate some acknowledgement of people who are victims of crime. And we know many of them in Irish Rural Link. It's either in, especially, of course, rural areas, people who have been assaulted, who have been broken into their homes, who have life-changing changes to their lives, whether it's in health, disability, mental health afterwards, who often, when justice is finally concluded, often feel let down by the, the system. Mm-hmm. In other words, they might lose an eye, they might lose something in an assault and to see a two-and-a-half-year system or something like that. So they're already not happy with a justice system from their perspective. Okay. And from their perspective, the rights are on the criminal side. So immediately when this is published, the conversation this morning, I thought, lacked acknowledgement of, of people who've been through that. And I just think if we're going to have this debate, and I agree with Andy who said it shouldn't be knee-jerk, we should really have a proper debate. We need to acknowledge why this is being brought forward and we need to acknowledge that it will catch people who are out to damage without care, without concern, people, their lives and indeed lives for the future. A couple of years sentence or a bad fine or something else doesn't make it better for somebody who may have a life-changing uh, effect to their lives no, following it. But is your point, Seamus, then, sorry, that, that um, you know, anybody who is the victim of a crime living in a rural area, maybe still with uh, physical injuries from, you know, that crime or even just the, the emotional impact of it and, and living with that day-to-day can be, can be just as bad. Is your point then that, you know, what facial recognition technology is a good thing? For victims of crime or not? I think this is where the debate, we, we, we do have to, and I'm, very, I'm not coming from a populist point of view, Andrea. I, I fought for human rights all my life, so let's be clear about that. But yes, in certain circumstances, it is a good thing. And I, I do know this, if you're a victim and there is a facial, there's evidence of a facial recognition of the person who has done this crime to you, and it can't be allowed for various rights, you will be very angry. We all will. So I'm simply saying, let us have that debate, but let us include the victims into this debate, because victims often feel they actually don't have rights. 
And when we talk about rights, we need balanced rights. Mm. And victims right now do not feel they have the rights on their side. Okay, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a point, you know, well well worth making, uh, Seamus. As well, will you stay with us, Seamus, here on the line? Because I've I've Chris too. Chris has gotten in touch. Um, are you in favour of facial recognition, Chris, or how do you feel about it? I w- um, yes, I would be, because, I mean, I think that it's something that we have to enable the guards to actually, I mean, as your last, as your last commentator said, you know, I mean, we have to look, we have to look at the, at the, at the victims as well. And any tools the guards can use to act, actually bring a perpetrator uh, to justice, we should be able to use. Um, I mean, we're giving up our rights on all of these things anyhow because of the social media we do. You know, I mean, <laughs> with the social media, we're, we're, we're throwing our faces out there every single day of the week and we're signing away most of our rights every time we sign up to social media. Well, I so would say really, you'd do very well to, to walk down any street in, in any city or probably any town now and, and not find yourself on some CCTV somewhere, whether it's yeah. public cameras, businesses, yeah. private households. Sure, ring doorbell. You know, we're... Yeah. And, but the problem is, at the moment, when the guards get, get that, they're going, to, they're going through it and they're, they're, ta- they're taking forever and a day to go through it, to actually investigate. And they're being tied up rather than being out on the streets. Now, if you have facial recognition, that's actually going to help you speed up the process I mean that means our guards are getting back out on the streets again instead of sitting in front of a, of a TV, TV screen looking at hours and hours and hours of uh, CCTV to try to, to, to try and um, actually catch a perpetrator so I definitely think and I know people will say that it's invasion of privacy mm. and all that. And that is a, that's a, that's that I think like I can understand why people have, you know, concerns about that and concerns about whether the technology is is even good enough to do it. Like we constantly hear about what's happening in, in other countries and other countries that are yeah, I mean yeah, but the problem is we gave up. We gave up those rights a long time ago. I mean, I mean the, the first the first time that you signed up to Facebook, you gave up those rights. The first time you got on an airplane to go somewhere, you're giving up those rights because that, this is stuff that's used in in nearly every other European country. It's, uh, when I when when I went to live in South Africa years ago, I mean, I actually had to be fingerprinted. I had to carry an ID book on me everywhere I went. It was just part and parcel. You have to accept it. And I honestly believe we've given those rights up anyhow. And okay. I can't see why we why we wouldn't help the guards to make it easier and help the victims to actually catch criminals. Um, eighteen hundred four five three one zero six. That's the the number. I think we've another caller here uh, on the line as well that that wants to join us, Chris. We've, we've Catherine. Catherine, you're a criminal lawyer. Um, why did you get in touch? You've been listening here That's today. Right, yeah. No. Yeah. Hi, Andrea. But just to, I suppose reassure people on the civil side under GDPR that you know if companies are holding on to uh, person items of personal data such as you know uh, uh, facial recognition shots you know, like stills, um, that they're only entitled to hold on to it as long as they have a legitimate use for it and as long as the, the owner of the personal data, or the person whose photograph it is, has given their consent to it. You know, 
Um, so, so we say there is that a company, any whatever company, you know, you're going to order a new kitchen or whatever, and they just have your details on file. They can only hold those for as long as they have your consent to do so, or for as long as they have a use, a legitimate use for it. And they have to have a policy on, you know, how long they keep all that stuff on file before deleting it. And then on the criminal side, um, just on the use of technology and the detection of crime. Um, I mean, the breathalyzer machines in Garda stations would have been an example of this. When they were introduced, there were huge challenges, any number of challenges through the court um, on whether the machines were working properly, whether they were calibrated properly. And there's a a huge body of case law that's built up as a a result. This is the breathalyzer, sorry, Catherine, is it? Yeah, the breathalyzer machines, just use it as a parallel example. You know, um, if there are issues arising with the use of facial technology as part of the evidence in a criminal case, you know, and there's 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 some sort of an issue with it, whether it's working properly. I mean, that will be challenged. You know what I mean? You can you can you can count on it that that will be challenged somewhere along the yeah. line. And whether it holds up or whether it doesn't is, you know, it's a matter for for the guys and for the courts. Actually, can, how can people? Yeah, sorry, know? Catherine, just on the civil side of it there that you mentioned, like. Yeah. Whether it's by you know by use of the guards or in shops or them even the caller a little earlier talking about um, applying for his driver's license and that how can listeners here today be assured that that information you know isn't kept longer than required like it's fine company or a business having a policy but how can you you know be assured they actually stick to it? Well, I mean they're they're supposed to put it up on their website or any of their kind of customer facing you know. Uh, whether it's whether it's whether it's on display in their premises or whether it's on a website, their their GDPR policy should be should be clear. And if it's not clear, you're entitled to inquire. Like, what is their GDPR policy? Okay. And you know, the, the legislation leaves it doesn't prescribe how long a company must hold it before deleting it. They leave that up to each individual company. But the, the data protection commissioner, you know, is entitled to ask any any service provider, what's your policy on holding on to data? How long do you hold on to it? What are your reasons for holding on to it? And like, you know, what is your, what's your policy on deleting it? You know, Um, like for instance, you know, some companies have a policy of holding it for six years because, you know, they could be sued inside of a of a statutory period of six years if, if something goes wrong, and after that they have to get they have to get rid of it. And then other companies have will hold it for a much shorter time. Okay, but you know, like it dealt with a company, let's say back, you know, ten years ago, um, and they still they still have your personal data, and you know because they're dropping you emails or whatever. Mm. You're fully entitled to write to them and say, take my take my personal data off. Okay, good to know. Um, Patrick is with us too, Catherine. Pa- Patrick, I believe you work in, in, in this area. Well, hi, Andrew. Good afternoon. I, I did work in the area. Um, and um, first of all, just on the, the last caller, um, and I, you know, in terms of GDPR and all that, I think it's a different conversation. We're talking here about, you know, using um, photo ID as a way for our authorities to keep us safer not companies and GDPR, which I think is a separate issue. Um, and, and a previous caller as well, um, and I totally get it when he was getting his driver's license and his um, his um, national security card, um, that the, it was taken and he was told that facial recognition reasons take the glasses off. I don't believe they were using it for facial recognition. They were capturing that data. So for future legislation, which is now being proposed, mm. um, so that they had it on file, 
what, what I think we're all forgetting here is, and in terms of in, in 2016, there was 12 people killed at a Christmas market because a terrorist drove a, a truck into the Christmas market and there was over 50 people um, there was over mm-hmm. 50 people injured. That individual had over 40 um, IDs, different IDs on him with different photographs. And the reason why he was had those was because he was a terrorist. And the reason why he got away with having them was because this these laws haven't been passed and people are doing things with fake ID all the time. So you, you think, think we, we should bring it in then? Absolutely. The people, anybody who says we shouldn't is somebody who's doing something they shouldn't, shouldn't be doing. And they don't want yeah, to be recognised. Just on, on that, Andre, I'm not, I'm not at all against bringing in this technology. And as I say, anything that enables... Uh, the guards to do their job, you know, um, in, within the confines of the law mm. is to be recommended. That's not the issue. You know, people seem to be concerned that, that, that companies are holding on to their data or service providers are holding on to their data when they've no business doing it. And they're right to be concerned about that. You know, they, they're but I think, I think that, I'm sorry, but I'm not confusing the two issues. I'm not. I'm not confusing. I know, but that's a different conversation yeah. that we're talking yes, about now. The conversation know, now is... I think that I'm just making both points, really. No, yeah. I, under, I understand, but I think yeah. it's diluting the important message that's out there. Because I agree with you. I actually yeah. don't like the fact that financial institutions hold certain data for me for some amount of period, etc. But what we're talking right now about, which is really important, it's really important because, you know, we want to be kept safe. And uh, the previous gentleman was absolutely right. The amount of time that guards waste looking for things... I'm in a business right now where I spend a lot of time um, actually giving information to guards from CCTV footage because they yeah. don't, at the touch of their finger, be, have access to that data. Sure, did I and read over the Dublin, um, the, the weekend in November of the, the, Dublin, the, the Thursday of the Dublin, was it, it was about 6,000 hours or something, of, you know, manpower think, required but, of hours but, that have CCTV but, hours that have been trawled through. Absolutely, Andrew. And who... Everybody is giving out. There's not enough guards, guards in the streets. Not, not I enough know. guards in the streets. Yesterday we were talking about, you were talking about, our, one of the other shows was talking about retail and mm. security within retail. Yeah. And as soon as the guard of presence increased, that has gone down. Oh. So we have guards wasting time. It's... We... It's 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 yeah it's it's a conversation we um you know I think like you're definitely going to hear an awful lot you know an awful lot more um about it in the coming weeks because as you heard today Helen McEntee the Justice Minister hopes the guards they're going to be able to use facial recognition technology by by early next year a lot of listeners with thoughts on this the emails lunchtime live at newstalk.com it's not the last time we'll uh, we'll chat about it here on the program but but Catherine and uh, Seamus as well thank you for for getting in touch Patrick there too lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.